Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week the gaming adventure finally brings us to Donkey Kong Country 3, where nature and technology intertwine through piers, mills, factories, mountains, caves, pipes, waterfalls, and more as our heroes attempt to stop chaos. Plus, we're talking about Resident Evil Village. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. markers on the map. I was wondering why your iOS game, Mario Kart Tour, featured Dixie Kong, one of my favorite characters from the Donkey Kong Country television series, and Pauline, the main character of course from the Donkey Kong arcade game from 1985. At least I think it was 1985. If it was wrong, then I guess maybe I'm not as big a fan as I thought I was. I was just wondering why these characters weren't in a new Mario Kart game, you know, for the Switch, or maybe even as DLC from Mario Kart 8. Signed, no, no, not signed. Love, Daniel. That's how I want to start today. By looking at, what if what if they had a Smash, but for Mario Kart? It's a Smash for Mario Kart, so other characters come in from the Nintendo franchise, but as a kart racer? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got Dixie Kong in the iOS Mario Kart, but we don't even have her in a mainstream Mario Kart. Um, but... We we shouldn't stop there. We should take this opportunity to introduce people like Pac-Man or Solid Snake or Sonic into the Mario Kart franchise. I really feel like the Mario Kart Tour is opening windows up for, like, look, look at all the costumes that get released. Like, every two weeks that game cycles out new costumes. There's, like, the King Boo from Luigi's Mansion, and there's, like, a, like a, there's Mayor Pauline, and then there's, like, a New Year's Daisy or, like, a bus driver waluigi it's like why ha why won't this stuff come to the actual mario kart mainline games I, I i feel like that should be kind of the cue to have another one in the series because the last one they had was eight and eight came out on the wii u but i don't know i haven't played a mario kart game since the ds so i everything seems new to me even if i try it out like Let's say Mario Kart 7 that came on 3DS. That's still new to me because I haven't tried it yet. Mario Kart 7 even had some, like, odd characters. It had, like, the, the honeybee from uh, Galaxy. But the Switch doesn't have its own unique Mario Kart yet. It just has the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe re-release. And I don't know why I was getting on about this early in this week when I was thinking about it. But I was like, why aren't these characters at least DLC for 8? When when the mobile like I've played Mario Kart Tour, it's all right, but I'd rather play a like a legit Mario Kart on my Switch than anything. So there's there's the rant that I've been holding in all week, because <laughs> right after last week's episode, they popped up with some like thing on the Mario Kart Tour Twitter, and I was like, wow, why isn't this in Mario Kart? <laughs> mm. Anyway. It's a brand new Markers on the Map, where this week we're going to do Donkey Kong Country 3, the last of the SNES trilogy. And as usual, I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert. How have you been this week? I've been alright. I think the best thing you can do is just kind of be okay and be alright for what's going around, but I'm pretty much alright. It's been normal. How have you been? Pretty good. I have been uh, playing Devil May Cry, the first one. Ah, uh, see, now I, I remember you telling me this. Yes. I, I think I'm going to talk about it on next week's episode. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I think I have some thoughts. Put that, quarter, put that quarter back in your pocket. That That's for another episode. Yeah, I, I just want to leave us with a, a Devil May Cry thought before we get to the news. And that is, I should have been the one to fill her dark soul with light! <laughs> Direct quote from the game. <laughs> anyway, uh, news this week. Not much, but we did have a Resident Evil showcase that literally just happened, um, so we decided to record right after it. Anyway, uh, Resident Evil Village is coming May 7th. They showed a new trailer 
the tall vampire lady that everybody likes is named Lady uh, Dimitrescu. I could be saying that wrong. I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong, but that's her name. Um, they showed a little of how combat works. Um, you can, like, block. I don't know if you could block in 7 because I've never played 7. Could you I think block you in can. Seven? Yeah, oh. you can block. Okay, so blocking is a thing. Um, it has the, like, Resident Evil 4 attache case with, like, the item management and i guess there's crafting they showed some of the environments the inside of the castle new shopkeeper named the duke who's gonna show up in like different situations in the game so they're kind of bringing like those more pulpy re elements to the kind of serious tone that i guess seven takes so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a combination of both styles of resident evil i feel like you mentioning the blocking is probably something that's more important because blocking was a part of seven but more or less all you really do is kind of throw your hands in front of your face and that's really all you did so if blocking was kind of announced as like a new like defense i guess it has to be updated at that point instead of just being your character throwing his hands in front of him it's probably a whole new mechanic that they're really trying to show like hey look we improved the blocking yeah, it's probably improved because he is just throwing his hands up in his face um, on the video. But they made it, they highlighted it as a feature of the combat. So. Yeah, see, that's what I'm getting the vibe of it. Because they wouldn't, why would they just feature like, oh yeah, blocking. It's like, well, it was in the seventh one, so we would assume it's in this one as well. But if they're going to really emphasize on that whole mechanic, I feel like they probably updated or something. Yeah, they announced a few versions of the game, including a last-gen version for PS4 that comes out the same day. A few little, like, bonus items you can get. Well, I don't know, some of them seem like pretty good items, like digital content to get with the deluxe edition, like some, like, save room music, I guess. Um, there's a special edition that comes with the Chris figure. The trailer really doesn't hint at what the story is going to be all about, but it just makes you more curious i think this trailer made me more curious than any of the other ones a ps5 exclusive maiden demo is coming not long after the the thing ended so it should be up shortly where you play as a character called the maiden and you're in the castle so it's not a demo of the actual game per se but they said that some things from the demo might show up as like references in the full game so this is kind of like a its own unique little experience i mean they've always put out a demo before every i think seven had a demo it actually had like a tie-in demo that went as a prequel before the story it's kind of like it's a weird thing i forgot how the demo was it's been a while since i played that one but i feel like the the demo for seven was like a prequel i think i think it was even tie in with the story and everything this kind of feels like what this one is going to be because you're not playing as ethan you're playing as the maiden so it'll probably be like that and yeah, Resident Evil has a track record of pretty decent demos. I really enjoyed the RE3 demo, and they highlighted one of the best parts of that game, honestly, for that one. Anyway, they also announced RE vs. Multiplayer. It's like a 3v3 team deathmatch with a cell shading filter, it looks like. Um, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, so I don't have an opinion on that one right now. Uh, my opinion is that it should have been mercenaries why why do they do this to me all, i mean all, it's so easy to make mercenaries they have the like blueprints for it i mean yeah i feel like because i, I don't know opinion because it's just that i haven't seen it but i just feel like you're really big mercenaries trying so that you really want a new mercenaries mode i don't know if you'll like the way this looks i mean it it has the capacity to be cool i, I don't want to be down on it but like I, it's not mercenaries but it's not resistance either and i didn't like resistance i'll i'll see in a second i'll see my opinion i mean opinion changes if i look at it a few other things they announced well they showed a little bit of that netflix resident evil movie coming out and a crossover with tom clancy's the division 2 that was about it that was it (laughs) resident evil village may 7th i guess It, it was very short i i didn't think it would be like 18 minutes but it was Anyway, we do have one last thing this week, and that's our Nintendo Direct rumor, sponsored by Markers on the Map, presents Trial by Energy Drink. This week's flavor is Mechanical Mango. Sounds pretty good. It's for a game called Resident Evil Crocodile Chronicles. The island lives. The core persists. But now, it's the future. 
In this new sequel to the Umbrella Chronicles and Darkseid Chronicles, Chris, Jill, Rebecca, Claire, Leon, and Ethan head to a frightening locale. An on-rail shooter that's sure to have you shuddering from head to toe when the Resident Evil crew heads to Crocodile Isle to face off against an army of humanoid reptilian monsters. Start aboard a haunted pirate ship where an undead crew vows revenge for their leader, who had fallen many years ago. A new tyrant, a new Mr. X, is the ghostly leader of this crew, who threatens to haunt our heroes at every turn, each encounter more deadly than the last. Explore a long, dormant volcano, and search for Mr. X's seared blade of destruction, the only weapon known to be able to return a haunted spirit back to its own realm. The abandoned theme park has haunted minions chasing our crew atop skull-shaped vehicles once used as seats for a roller coaster. A building-sized beehive brings forth mutated bees armed with five-pronged stingers and comparable to cars in size. A forest where the trees are as vicious as the wind, and finally, a castle where Mr. X's strongest ghostly lieutenants lie. Rank up a score, over 40 action-packed missions, upgrade and collect weapons, and enjoy tons of frighteningly fun cutscenes as the mystery of this once populous island is revealed. Something happened here, long ago, and threatens to send the future into a spiral of death and despair if Chris and the others don't do something to stop it. Perfect your aim with online leaderboards and deny chaos from achieving its ultimate goal. Resident Evil Crocodile Chronicles promises an unstoppable stream of revelation and madness when it launches as a Nintendo Switch exclusive. Hey, this sounds pretty good. I ain't gonna lie. Eh, doesn't sound too bad. I mean, there's not a lot of those uh, on-rail shooters anymore. Yeah, and I can't, I can't quite put my finger on it, but the, the, the things that they're talking about seem familiar to another thing. They, now, it wasn't ever explicitly mentioned, but it, it, it does, it does feel like this is big crossover energy. Hmm. Now, I've I've played Umbrella Chronicles. I'm not a real big fan of on-rail shooters, but for some reason the 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 levels that you uh, seem to go to visit in this game are a little more interesting. The enemies seem like they're going to be a little cooler than just your generic zombies. Oh, wait. Wasn't wasn't there an on-rail shooter like back on the PS1 for for Resident Evil? There was a Resident Evil on-rail shooter before this one. There might have been. There was two of them on the Wii. There was Umbrella Chronicles and Dark Side Chronicles. Maybe this all ties in. Perhaps. Perhaps this could be that sequel we've been waiting for. What awaits us on this island is all I want to know. When it, I, I get agitated when the rumors give us more questions than answers, but my curiosity is piqued when that happens, too. That is true. So I, I would say I'm looking forward to this one. And I think being a Resident Evil game, it, it ties in perfectly with the... Um, the whole uh, village thing. I'm surprised they didn't announce this game during the stream. <laughs> anyway, Robert, let's talk about Donkey Kong Country 3. This is where it's at. You and me um, spent the most time prepping for this one because you hadn't actually finished the game before. Um, so I yeah. wanted to make sure that you got a chance to play all the levels. So just like 1 and 2, we are going to go through level by level. Um, this one's not going to be two episodes, <laughs> but Donkey Kong Country 3 for me is, despite 2 being my favorite, 3 is my second favorite, but I feel like I've played this one more between all the iterations I've played from the SNES one to the GBA one. Um, it's also, I think, the most divisive Donkey Kong Country game. It's the one that inspires the most, like, love it or hate it type feel. It's It's the one I feel can be conversed about and debated about uh, more than the other two. So, we will start by saying that our islands with our levels are not interconnected this time. We have more of an open little area where we take a vehicle around and we'll upgrade the vehicle. The vehicle will give us access to new um, worlds and each world has about five levels and a boss, like always. So, we start with Lake Orangutanga. First things first, Dixie Kong is the main character. Kitty Kong is the backup character. 
So we kind of have the best character in the series combined with the worst character in the series. I don't. Th- I don't think he's the worst character in the series. Well, who who's worse? Probably like Chunky Kong from like sixty four. Well, I mean, in the trilogy of playable characters, and he is the. I guess in, in that terms, he is the worst. That, well, that, that yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about as a whole because there's definitely worse characters than Kitty Kong, but as a playable Kong in the series, he's probably the worst. He has his moments. Yeah. So we start with Lakeside Limbo, the stilt village type level, the pier basically, with like a the the key difference here is that the Game Boy Advance version has a completely different soundtrack. Um yes. so on the SNES version we have this kind of like jolly little tune that just seems very out of place for a game See- like this. I, I will say out of all things with this game, that is the one mistake, and this is the well, not one mistake, but a lot of people hate it on the soundtrack. But the soundtrack is fine. I just think is this song's in the wrong area of the game. Yeah. And this one should have been a, a completely different song because it's weird. It's it's kind of out of place. Yeah, I mean both both versions of this have a great soundtrack, but both versions of it have one or two songs that just don't fit. Like when we get to when we get to a level later on, I'll tell you that the Game Boy Advance version has a song that's just way out of place. Um, yeah, this is our intro level. Then we have Doorstop Dash. Now the mill theme that three of these levels use, um, two in this world, one in the next, to me just. I'm I'm not big on the the way it looks, but I'm also not big on the fact that the levels are long and usually having something tedious to do. So doorstop dash, you just have to hang on top of your, like, the hanger things and pull down the door. Other than that, there's really not much to say about doorstop dash. It's not. The, it's pretty good. I I mean I like the mill theme of it. I like all the whole mill colors in the theme, and it's, I don't think it's that long of a level compared to some other ones. Yeah, we we were actually talking about this the other day. Like, you don't mind the mill theme as much as I do. I just always thought, even on the Game Boy Advance version, when the colors kind of do change with the mill theme, I just, for some reason, it's always, like, the lowest point. But it it all happens early. Um, After that, title Trouble. We're back on the pier. And this is the one with, like, swimming in it. So... It's not quite a water level, but it feels like those Mario levels almost where you have, you know, like in Mario World where you can swim kind of in the middle of a normal level. Not not yeah. too much to say about this one. Skidda's Row is next. And for some reason, we get a snow level randomly in the first world. And it, it does the snow theme doesn't show up again until K3 later on in the game. It makes sense. So I guess... This is important to say. The first two games take place in the tropics. Yeah, take place uh, on islands. But Bello backstory is basically what happens, and why Dixie's on this whole adventure is that DK and Diddy both go on a, on a on a little getaway vacation away from the whole like tropical islands, and they go to the north end of the world. So it's a little bit more foresty and more snow everywhere. And they end up just—it's like the second one where they just end up going missing, and then they, obviously uh, Dixie gets a little worried, so she goes and tries to find them. And then Funky Kong's there, and he's just like, "Hey, take my uh, nephew with you because you know he might be a help along the way." So that's how Kitty comes kind of into play. Mm-hmm. So for Snow Level, if this was like the original one and two, where it's tropic theme, like yes, it would be out of place. But since it is kind of a north side of the world, it's like no, it kind of makes sense. Like there'll be a, a snow level here and there. But I will say it is weird that it's this level and doesn't come back till like was it K three? Yeah, which is way later. Yeah, that's the only problem I see with that is that it doesn't come often. It comes later. And and actually, this is a good point to mention. If you're not running the code that lets you play as Purple Dixie Kong and Green Kitty Kong, are you really playing the Canon Donkey Kong Country 3? That's all. That that's, is that's true. what I want to ask. <laughs> anyway, so Skidda's Row. I think it's a pretty good level. Um, Skidda doesn't show up that much. It's a Kremlin that goes back and forth and kind of slides on the top of snow, like snowed-in roofs. Um, Murky Mill. Of the three mill levels i think this is the worst one this is the one where you play as ellie and you have to not look at the the sneaks which are the little mice enemies um in the light uh, otherwise you get like hit or you run off so the whole 
an elephant is the one of the biggest as I guess obviously there's taller, but as like pound for pound, I guess an elephant is the biggest land creature, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's afraid of mice. That even something so big can be afraid of something that tiny, such as a mouse. Which I don't know if that's true. And the world's a strange place. It might be, you know, an elephant might be actually afraid of mice. But as of for this level, it's it kind of it, it it's difficult because you have to at some points throw a barrel at the right time at the right angle in order. In order to destroy one of the mice enemies that's in the way because you can't progress forward because he's in the light and that's the only way forward. And Ellie will like something like say if you if you miss Ellie and sees the mice, she'll run like twenty miles per hour the other direction. So sometimes you can hit an enemy while you're running away. Yeah. And you know, it it's that story trope that they turned into kind of a joke with the animal buddy, the whole elephant being afraid of a mouse thing. As a whole, M- Murky Mills probably my least favorite level of the game uh, we'll just get that out there's of the way worse le- there's worse <laughs> there, levels there's definitely that. worse levels gameplay wise but this one just is a slog for me it's something that it, i'm not looking forward to <laughs> i will give you that it's something you're not looking forward to and i guess that's the theme of this one how we said it has the highest highs and the lowest lows absolutely this game as we'll talk about in a few minutes here has a lot of levels that are they're different. They're more exploratory in the sense that you have to slow down and do something. There's labyrinthine levels where they're not, they're, they're still straightforward. It's Donkey Kong Country, but there's things that you would need to go out of the way to get some of the bonuses or something. Anyway, um, Belcher's Barn, first boss. It's a barrel, <laughs> and you mm-hmm. have to throw a bug into its mouth so that it burps and offs itself, basically. Uh, I did this in like two bugs. It took you a while. It took you a couple bugs. Yeah, to I have him. done it in two bugs, but for some reason last night I was, <laughs> or the other day when we played it, I was not, ha- it was not having it. Yeah. You were but, pretty um, close to not beating it first try, but you got it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting boss. It kind of shows us this game's theme of bosses being a little more unorthodox. Uh, they're different than your usual jumping on top of things boss and they're they're more out there than the bosses of two thematically i don't know the the placement of the enemies works but i don't know how thematically like relevant any of them get but the 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 game does present technology and nature as like colliding forces so some of the bosses you face are robots some of the bosses you face are animals anyway so kremwood forest is next that's our second world uh we start with barrel shield bust up this is the tree theme where you're in giant trees and this is the one with the monkeys that are throwing things at you and the traders. <laughs> oh yeah. I guess in general the forest theme worlds and levels are always going to be my favorite. For some reason I never really thought about that but if I really have to think about it like my favorite level theme and world from one is the forest world and then themes afterward, after that would be the forest levels as well. So I really do like I like the color. I like everything about each of those worlds. But with the trader, I, what even are they? They're 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 white. They're called minkies. Minkies. I what t- I wonder what type of like primate they are, because they're white. They have white fur, and so it's like it's kind of weird. I don't know what they really are, but uh, they're a bunch of traders. Because uh, <laughs> they're throwing things at you, and you have to, you know, get behind a barrel shield on the opposite side that it's facing. I yeah. learned the hard way the first time I ever played this game on the Game Boy Advance. So it, it, it's it's these mechanics that start to come up in this game. And they kind of like advance on the mechanics all the way through yeah. the idea of going in between something like we like we said. Like becoming part of a pattern or something. That'll really come up uh, soon here. Oh, yeah. Um, Riverside Race. That is our only race level in this game. It's all right. It's it's the best place as you showed me for uh, Kitty Kong to do his water skipping. Yeah, Kitty Kong is is faster. So for this race, especially the water skipping, Kitty Kong shines through this. One. There's a couple levels that he shines through, but this one especially is kind of the first one where he's a better pick than than Dixie. But Dixie is all around probably the best character. Yeah. Um, Squeals on Wheels comes next. That's uh, the mill level where you have mm-hmm. to throw the barrels at the mice in the in the wheels. Uh, another one that I just think takes absolutely too long for for what it is. I think that's the first time you notice that these levels are a little bit longer than usual. 
and, and some of them are long for a good reason, and then some of them are long for reasons like this. But why? I was like, why? Why? Why are these levels so long? They're unnecessarily long. Like it didn't need to be this long. Oh yeah, like you didn't need to have to <laughs> throw it at like twenty mice just to open one door because it ends up yeah. being around that anyway. Um, Spring and Spiders is actually a better level, I think. That's the that's another treetop level where you use the spiders to kind of jump uh, to new heights to jump over bees and stuff like that. The robot bees in this game. Um, a pretty good level. See, I, I I'm I'm an advocate, and I'm, I'm this is a petition to rewrite the spiders as friendlies because they're friendlies because they don't attack you. They actually help you progress through the map. Yeah, and they don't they don't damage you if you touch them. Yeah, so it's like at the end credits, they're like, they're the bad guys. I'm like, no, they're not the bad guys. They helped us through our, our whole adventure. They helped us get to and finish the level. So my whole thing is that they're the good guys. I don't know how they're written down as a bad guy, but they're they're another uh, another animal. But they're probably like square to the spiders like kids or like nephews or something. See, that would make sense because you actually do have an animal buddy that's a spider. You also have a boss that's a spider. <laughs> that's true. That could be uh, his squitter's a... Uh, cousin that uncle. he doesn't like or something his uncle that <laughs> his he doesn't cousin. like that he doesn't talk to yeah <laughs> anyway before we get to that we have bobbing barrel brawl that's an ellie level where you throw barrels into the water and jump on them i don't like this one either <laughs> you just don't like any animal buddy levels I, that i'm you need struggling animal to think of there's ones it. that i do like but most of them especially in this game i don't uh, it's all right for me it's an all right level yeah but not i mean like this is the first time i think you showed me that ellie could shoot the the arcing water and having uh-huh. played this since the game boy advance version came out in like 2005 i was embarrassed to have not known that so we'll move on to Ark's ambush the spider yeah. wow this guy sucks <laughs> oh man he's the i think he's the most difficult at for no reason boss in the entire series because especially if you're playing as kitty especially it, honestly dixie you just have to you have to use Kitty the first try because if you can get with through Kitty a first couple hits, that's good. But once you lose Kitty, it's really Dixie because my whole thing is that Kitty should have been holding the barrel above his head just like Dixie was because the spider can just go straight down and hit it on his own. You're not really throwing it at him. You're just holding it above you like how DK was in the first one. But mm. they didn't put DK. They put Kitty Kong, which I don't know. It's, like, it's still kind of weird, but I guess they just didn't want the first two protagonists from the original game to be in it anymore they wanted to give dixie and another kong but other than that yeah kitty's just kind of useless with this boss it's the first time where i think kitty literally can't do anything i'm pretty sure if you're good enough at the game you can do cool tricks and pre-throw and all that but i not me i have to use dixie all the way same I think the best part of this level is that in the Game Boy Advance version, it puts an alternate boss theme from the one that the Game Boy Advance version uses, and it's actually really good. I'm, like, yeah. surprised that this one and just the Game Boy Advance exclusive boss, which we will not be talking about in this episode, has that remixed theme. Yeah. So, we do Mechanos next. Technically, we're doing World 4 before World 3, but you have a choice after you finish those first two. Um, Fireball Frenzy starts our little, like, factory theme in this game, which I think is really cool. Um, it's also a great level where you're dodging, you know, cheese puff fireballs from owls, like, robot owls who are, who are shooting at you from behind. See, and it has probably one of the best, better themes. It has, uh, Nuts and Bolts, the main theme to this level. I think it's probably one of the better themes the entire series. It's it's also good on the Game Boy Advance version. Like this is one of the couple where I cannot clearly define a winner in in my own mind for for these levels. Like this is a great theme and a great song. You see, and then I think what we found out is the I think the reason why I guess throw this out the reason why they didn't use a lot of the music for the GBA port is because the SNES used a lot of low rumbling sounds, and I guess the GBA just couldn't pick up those sounds made for the original SNES like game all the music and all that. so they just had David Wise rewrite a lot of the music which he didn't he helped write for the third one he didn't really compose it he had someone else compose it um yeah but, Fisher I think I yeah her first name I forget e. her Fisher. first Evelyn name but Fisher, uh, I think so hopefully we're getting it right but yeah because this is not a bad soundtrack at all I actually do like the soundtrack and I do like the low rumbling sounds but yeah it's really bass heavy yeah 
trust me, if you play it on a TV that has really good base support, you'll notice it with this one the most, that it's very base heavy. Um, the next level has my favorite name of a level in the entire series, which is Demolition Drain Pipe. Man, that's a cool That's name. a good one. That's a good <laughs> it's one. It's actually a pretty good level, too. I like the vehicle levels in this one. Um, I do think the song on the Game Boy Advance version is better because it sounds like super intense, like racing music, but this is a pretty great level, all things considered. I actually really do like the name. I never noticed the name, but I really do like it, but it's a two, it's funny because it's a tube level. Yeah. And, and this one kind of has different themes for the vehicle levels. Like later on, there's a snow based one, but right now we're in the pipes in the tubes and Usually this is reserved for your more, there's the, the low G one, and then there's the reverse controls one. So usually we see the tubes for gimmicky levels, but here we're just having a good time with the vehicles. This one didn't, none in this entire game, there wasn't a, like a, a tube level that wasn't like themed after a certain like gimmick. It there wasn't like a straight up, like just regular tube. Like you just walk around freely. It was either always a race level or a water level. Mm-hmm. I think I just noticed that. And that kind of sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a regular one in, in the twos. Anyway, Ripsaw Rage. Now, this is the one I was referring to in the, the treetop theme where the Game Boy Advance version makes it, uh, like, thematically bad because the treetop tumble song in the Game Boy Advance version is this really happy little thing, but it's very foreboding in the SNES version. And this is the one where, the like, the wood saw is, like, cutting up the tree. Yeah. So you don't want something that's like da 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 some kind of like tropical theme going up on this yeah. one. So the Game Boy Advance kind of does ruin this a little bit, but it's very tense. It's a very difficult level, but manageable. Was no, it was a different one. I don't think it was this one where that I did that had me like do some weird like kind of like No, was it this one? Was it, there, there's two of these levels, right? Or is it my am, am I tripping? There's one later with uh squawks. See, I think that's the one I'm thinking of yeah. that that'll giving me some trouble. I think this one, I do like the the song and the whole design of the saw just coming up towards the tree. It's actually really good, like pretty pretty good for like was it like '96 uh, the game came out, so it's yeah. pretty good for '96. And interesting to see them tying it in the technology versus nature thing, the the deforestation. It's very good, like it's a good thematic piece, I think. So, Blazing Bazookas is next. Now, this introduces... We've seen it a bit before this, but this introduces one of my favorite things about Donkey Kong Country 3, the timing of things, the spacing of patterns. Mm -hmm. So, not only are, are there aspects of this game where you go in between something, become part of the pattern, but Bazooka in this launches barrels that are so perfectly timed to where if you hit the middle of it, you can keep jumping on it until you finally reach where you're going to you don't have to like finagle with moving back and forward at all and this was something that one and two didn't really touch on as much as as this did so i've always been a fan of this level yeah that's a pretty good design that three has unlocked compared to two does have some moments like that but i feel like it was first try so it wasn't as polished but on the third one it is very polished where you can actually have a rhythm on jumping off enemies and actually get to a certain point which that's a strong point of this one where it's a barrel each time it's being shot at so now you can just like hop on each individual barrel and not really worry about am i on the right timing because the second you are on the right timing of it it's just smooth sailing afterwards because it never ever has like one that's further back or one that's uh, closer inward so you always will land in the same spot yeah and and this this game has its really good ideas, and thankfully, when it has a good idea, it runs with it. But it yeah. also kind of runs with the bad ideas. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Logi Labyrinth, that's our second um, tube level. It's the one with low gravity. You jump roll. Yeah, high. it's a low gravity moon level that's not a space level. See, fourth one, if they ever made a fourth DKC, space, we're going to space. I'm telling you, space would have been the next one. True, that would be awesome. Um, I like Logi Labyrinth. I do feel like there's some unfair enemy placements, both going up and down, but maybe that's yeah. just me. But <laughs> there is. <laughs> I, I believe so. After that, my personal favorite boss of the game, Chaos, uh, in Chaos Carnage. I just think thematically it works. It works the best with the boss song in this game. And I just think mm-hmm. it's a cool fight. I was never 
down on this one. I, I like this one. This one has probably the most unique bosses in the entire series. Yeah. Let's just some of them are, are like I said, some of them are low, but some of them are pretty high, and he's probably one of the higher ones. Yeah, I, I always liked just the idea that you're fighting a robot that looks like something out of a nineteen fifties sci fi movie. But yeah, I digress. That's, that's true. Um we do Cotton Top Cove next. Uh and we start with Baza's blockade. Fourth world, we finally have our water level. And this is the one with the Barracudas. Um, interestingly enough, the water um, song in this one is very menacing. Like, tonally, yeah. it's menacing. In the yeah, Game Boy Advance version, it is a remix of Aquatic Ambience. But I I like the sinister nature of the SNES version. It's kind of... I guess it's eerie. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. And we have the idea of going in between things in this one. We're moving in between the schools of fish coming out the side. Yeah. After that, Rocket Barrel Ride. That is the one where we have the waterfall theme, which is a beautiful theme, and you're just going up in the rockets that shoot you up. So the waterfalls are vertical levels where you're consistently going up and you have the chance to fall down and perhaps not actually lose a life. You might actually land at the bottom of the level. So that's the thing with here. I think another footnote for this third one is that three probably is the best when it comes to water physics and just... The clarity and the reflection that water produces in this game is out of this world. We need to give props to the art team for this because it does also have the best-looking environments. Um, The grasses are so green, the water is reflective and, you know, realistic. The factories are cool, the pipes, the art team really outdid themselves on this one. Yeah, especially when there's a waterfall later out and then later map, but man, that waterfall was in 60 frames, and that's crazy. That's <laughs> 96, and it's in 60 frames. Yeah. All right, Creeping Clasps. That is a stilt level. We're on the pier again, and we have those dynamite barrel enemies that follow you around on the ropes. Now, this isn't the better one of the two. There is This idea returns soon for one of the greatest levels in the game. So before we get to that, Tracker Barrel Trek is another one in the waterfall, and instead of shooting in upwards barrels this time, you're shooting in barrels that shoot you up and follow you in the air so that they can carry you to the other side. Not too much to say about that. And then Fish Food Frenzy is a water level where you have a fish who's hungry and will start attacking your Kongs if you don't let him eat fish and not sea urchins. Which I'm pretty sure that we established are sea urchins, because yeah. I don't know what else they would be. And then you have Squirt Showdown, a boss that's just not for me. Out of like, place. It's not hard, but it's it's out of place, I think. Is he's a snail, right? Or yeah, a, he's like a, a rock slug. snail, and he shoots yeah. a stream of water, and of it's, course you're playing as Ellie. <laughs> in a world where crocodiles can be pirates and captains and all that, I'm like, a, a rock snail is the weirdest thing in this entire game. It's yeah. the most out of place boss, but I don't know. I didn't find him that difficult. I didn't find him like I'm not saying he's not for me, but and he's not my favorite boss, but I didn't I didn't have a problem with him. Yeah, he's not he's not too bad. He's worse on the Game Boy Advance version when there's like two streams of water like going in like yeah. a windmill. Anyway. After that and we are moving briskly because we're trying to hit all the levels in in our episode this time instead of making it two. <laughs> um, making it three well telling you three parter. We could. There's so much to say about this game. I wouldn't be surprised if I brought it up in the future. Anyway, K3, our snow world, starts with Crevice Creepers, a an absolute amazing level that just, when we say highest highs, this is up there. This is a level yeah. where the idea of moving in between things, things being in a pattern and you being between them, platforming, climbing, it, it's all here. The theme is good. The song is cool. It's just a great level. This is the, like, quote-unquote sequel, you could say, to uh, Creeping Clasps back in Cotton Top Cove. After that, Tearaway Toboggan, our next vehicle level. This one's in the snow. Um, I like this one. I do feel like it's a little unfair at the end. Yeah, I think think this one's the most difficult one out, out of all of them. The platforms you have to jump on top of or like the ledges that you have to jump on top of blend in very well with Mm -hmm. the background so 
it's a little tougher. I I just think I think it's the hardest out of all of them. I don't think any of them gave me such a hard time compared to this one. This one just gave me the hardest time. After that, we have Barrel Drop Bounce. That is a skill check level, a devious, devious skill check level, where if you're not good at, like, jumping and timing things, there's actually a part that I feel you could get stuck on. I agree. I agree with that entirely. It it didn't register with me when I originally played this game. Why was this part so hard? But replaying it a couple of times recently, I was like, oh, this seems like... This seems like a like a like your father gas coin of Donkey Kong Country Three. Like if you can't do this, then how do you expect to beat the rest of the game? So this is where it starts Agreed. to get a little tougher. Yeah, I agree. Crack shot croc. I don't like this one. It's a it's a this game's uh, squitter level where you just have to use webs to make platforms the whole time. It just goes on and on and on. It's like web woods hate, all over again. You just hate my boy squitter. <laughs> hey man. I just don't like shooting the webs and making the platforms. And it's... He's a great animal, buddy. Also, this level, you're like, man, this level is really tough. And I told you, like, this is nothing. And I've, I'll mention this game in a different episode. But it's nothing compared to this type of, like, get away from the projectile area shooting part. Like in Spawn, the video game for oh, the Super yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> There's a part in that game, and it's one part that's like this, where uh, an enemy, an off-scene enemy is trying to uh, shoot you down. But it's so difficult, and i played that game so many times where that part, it gets easy to me. So playing this level, it was like, man, this is nothing. I wish I had this when I was playing Spawn, but Spawn's for another day. But yeah, this, one, this level, I like it, honestly, because it's pretty easy, and I do like Squirtish Squirtish. A really good animal buddy that I really do like. I do like the pink tone they add to the factory theme. That's that's about it for me. <laughs> I like the next level though, Lemguin Lunge. That's the one with the penguins that are again, if you stomp on the middle of them, perfectly timed to just carry you up like like ledge like not ledges but like hills. It's like it's very it's a very satisfying level for me. It is. Uh I think the penguins, I don't know how they're the bad guys. I don't know how penguins could be bad guys, but I guess they're the bad guys. I don't know, they're just kind of just sliding around. This is their only level, too, unfortunately. Yeah. And then you have Bleak's House. I, I don't have a problem with this. <laughs> it's it's a I weird have... boss. I don't like it, but I don't have a problem with it. I don't know how you're the king of, I hate gimmicks, and I hate when a game forces me to do a gimmick, and this is the biggest, this is such a gimmick, and that this is only in the third one, and we're going to make an entire boss fight, even though we've never brought this gimmick up besides, like, simple side like levels like, i know and for some reason it just doesn't like phase me i'm like oh okay <laughs> i just we have it. to fight the fakest clay fighter true and all of existence and such a gimmick like mechanic to do that's only used in like this uh swanky like carnival level so now i'm just like this boss fight is the worst one because it's such a gimmick and i do now realize that I do hate when a game just kind of throws in something that you weren't playing the entire... You play one game throughout the... You you play through it one certain way, then it wants you to defeat or to progress a level in another way that it'll never, ever come back up, and it's just as one little part, but it just wants you to do it. <coughs> Devil May Cry. <coughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, uh, Bleak, I, I, I can live without him. He's not my favorite boss fight. He's there. <laughs> We we have a lot of ground left to cover, though, so we're going to talk about Buzzer Barrage. Wow, I hate this one. You even say the world name. Oh, Buzzer Barrage? Yeah, and Razor Ridge, the world. Yeah, I I guess I hate that one so much, I I just wanted to talk about how much I hate that. (laughs) I like the theme. I like the cave theme. I I actually don't like the cave theme in this one. I like anything that, the rock, any rock theme and, and like forest theme I really like. Um, this level you play as Squawks' brother Quawks, who can pick up barrels and everything, but, but you know, I, we were, we <laughs> were talking about, name. man, this level goes on for like 10 minutes without losing, like, it's so long, and the checkpoint is so far away from the finish, and it's like, why? I was yeah. at like three DK barrels, I swear, before I hit the finish, I was like, what is going on here? It, I don't it's, like this one. <laughs> it's, it's at some highest highs from lowest lows. Yeah. Uh, the next one's pretty good. Confused Cliffs. That's the one where you're climbing up a rope and it's kind of on fire behind you. It's a little tricky, but ultimately a pretty good level, I think. 
It's it's alright. I had my struggles. I played so I played it for the first time, so I didn't do too bad for a first try. But it it, it it's alright. It's when Copter comes down at the end. It starts like yeah yeah. Because I think mostly I thought the fire had a bigger hitbox at the bottom, so I was staying up higher than I guess you would say is recommended. But I got I got through it. Yeah, it, it's manageable. It's a manageable level. Um. Floodlit fish, that's the one that's dark and you have to hit the clownfish to light up the water. It's it's the last water level. It's it's okay. Yeah. Not very many water levels in this one, and they're alright. I do like the music though. And then we have Pothole Panic, another cave level, and you have Squawks in this one who's carrying you around for at least the first half, I think, and then it you play as the other animal buddies. Yeah, you play as Ellie and I think Squitter might show up, but I could be wrong. Um, I don't like this one. <laughs> but this is famously the level where Kachuka, the blue barrel that shoots out like grenades, um, shows up. So I guess there's one thing. I thought it was purple. Oh, yeah, purple. My bad. <laughs> the purple I was one. confused. Like, I, actually, now that you mention it, there is no blue one. There now no I'm upset one. that there it's is purple. no blue one. There's red, there's there's green, and, there, and there's purple. No blue. Now I'm upset. They gotta put a blue on it when they finally do Donkey Kong Country 4 in the style of these games. Oh, yeah. And then we have Ropey Rumpus. That is basically creeping clasps, but bees instead of clasps. So, it's another pretty good level. I I will say, I like this one. The cliff, I like it, but... I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the whole going in between. And that's the thing. The whole thing we figured out this and the whole, this whole game is going in between certain things. I'm not a fan of it, but I think out of all games, this is the one that does it the best. I do think it does it the best. Honestly, like the, the, the position yourself to where you become part of a pattern or something. I think that that's yeah. this game. And then we have uh, Barbos's Barrier, the giant sea urchin boss, where you play as on guard, and the sea urchins have weird hitboxes, and you use his own missiles against him. Uh, it's a very sinister boss with, like, a violent red background that got changed on the Game Boy Advance version, so. <laughs> I think you had the most difficulty on this one. I think you didn't like him. I didn't. I think I three tries it took me it wasn't that bad i just think you weren't really liking the whole having to hit the sea urchins in the right spot in it's, order for them to shoot out his uh wall of just like of protection yeah it's like you can point on guards you know nose at the enemies and it just seems like it's not hitting them where you're pointing the nose so what i learned to do was to just go slightly above where i want to aim and i never missed again after that yeah oh I think in, that's just the whole thing you didn't like about it. Yeah. In the Game Boy Advance version, this world actually has the Croctopus as a boss, but because I haven't played that version in a while, I can't talk about it. <laughs> it's also yeah. got a whole other world that maybe when I replay that version, uh, we'll talk about in a future episode. But we've got two more worlds to cover. Chaos Core is the first. Conveyor Rope Clash. That is our first straight-up jungle level in the game. The first of three. It's a pretty decent level. You are on fast-moving conveyors that the ropes of the last game in this game have kind of prepared you for, and there's not there's not much to say. It's it's challenging, but it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's an all right level. And then in creepy caverns, the a ghost object um, appears. So in Donkey Kong Country Two, we had one level that features ghost ropes. In this one, we have ghost barrels barrels that appear and disappear and every time they show back up they're pointing in a different direction so the point is to not get launched into a bee <laughs> see uh i like ghost theme worlds and levels too but i especially do like the color and the design of these barrels and i actually really do like this level yeah i'm surprised they didn't use them in more than one level because like it was a cool concept Especially in two, I like the rope level with the whole like ghost rope and then yeah. the the whole spooky theme of the world. And I really do like I, said, I really do like the design of these barrels. I wish they used them more. You know what? I'm glad they didn't use more. The lightning from Lightning Lookout. <laughs> this is I'm probably the worst palming. level in the game. I'm face palming right now. It, it's a very like RNG ish type level where you're avoiding lightning that just strikes it can defeat enemies it can break barrels and it can hit you of course 
and there's a lot of nonsense in this level. I really don't think it's fair. I really think this should have been the, the level before the boss, but here we are in the middle of Chaos Core, and, and we have Lightning Lookout. I, yeah, it's probably... It's worse than that rocket level in the secret world. I don't know how people say that one's difficult. I did that one, like, first couple tries. This one, it took me a while. Yeah, it, it took me a while, too. It's it's bad. You know what else is a bad level? Coin Dozer <laughs> Clamber. Coin Dozer Clamber. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Does this level demand perfection? Like, this is actually not fair. Honestly, I was no. thinking about it today. I'm like, this is the sorrow of Donkey Kong Country 3. Because you've spent the game defeating all these um, coins. And here they are haunting you in Donkey Kong Country 3's version of the Sorrow boss fight from Metal Gear Solid. And they're all like haunting you. They're like, oh no, they're back. To See, I never realized that now that you put it. <laughs> I only thought it of is. it today. I thought, oh, this is too good not to, not to make the comparison. It is. I agree with you in that entirely. Because you don't go for the coins. Which, that's what they're called. They're literally called coins with the K. Yeah. But, and man, it is like you need to be perfect. Like, you need to land on the right spot and then jump at the right time and land on the right spot, like, again, like, while doing it at the same time. It's not like, oh, you got to just time it and then your friend's like, no, you got to jump, time it right, land on the edge, jump again at the right time and land on a coin that puts his shield upwards because if you don't, he'll just push you off the ledge and then you have to restart again. It is like... It needs to be perfect. If you make a wrong move after you hit the checkpoint and respawn, it'll knock you off the edge. Like, I, I have a few moments in this level where I'm like, I don't even know how I pulled it off. I'm just not going to question it. It's a it's a yeah. weird level. It's, it's awful. I don't like this level. <laughs> and then the game tries to pull a fast one on you with Poisonous Pipeline. Like, oh, the controls are going to be reversed in this water level. It's going to be the hardest level you've ever played. But no, it's actually really easy and pretty fun, too. No, I think, and I've said this during our playthrough, I think making it a water level is what makes it easy. Because oh, if definitely. it was like a regular game with the regular physics, it would be much diff- way more difficult than it was if it's a water. Because with water, you kind of let your character kind of float and kind of like, you know, it's kind of outer space where you kind of let them float, go up and down and stuff like that. But And if you notice an enemy, you can kind of backtrack a bit pretty quick and have enough time to react to it. But... Yeah, this, as a final level before the big boss level, like the big final, like, King K. Rule fight, it's nothing. It's easy. Yeah. Once you really understand how to control it, I was breezing through it the second try. I remember I did it the first try, and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to remember what to do. But the second I figured it out, second try, I went through the entire level no problem. It was easy. Yeah, I'd honestly put it after Creepy Caverns and have the Lightning and the Coin Dozer level be before the boss, because those are personally the two hardest levels i i don't yes. i don't see how anybody could argue against that um yeah. unless you're talking like lost world levels or uh, krematoa as it's called but before that castle chaos we refight chaos for a couple uh-huh. of hits and then who's behind it all but baron k rulenstein and then you fight him it's a uh, a lot of uh yanking down barrels and moving from one side to the other and throwing them at his backpack so that he lands in the lightning and it's a probably it, it's like a, it's an easy fight it just takes it's a, a lot the best way i can explain this boss fight is just there's a lot of barrels there's a lot of lightning he's on a propeller jetpack and you just have to throw the barrels on his propeller jetpack and he'll land in the lightning and you pretty much that's the whole level yeah it like i said it's the second easiest k rule fight um, the first yeah. one doesn't have too many gimmicks to it. It just catches you off guard. The second one has a lot of weird elements that make it difficult. But this one's it's not bad. So we get our ending. We get our credits. There's one you thing get, left to uh, do. DK Diddy talking. They actually talk. Oh yeah, that's uh, true. They, they do talk in this voice game. Line. They have dialogue. I don't voice them, but they, they have their own dialogue. That's kind of crazy. And then we get to Krematoa by circling some rocks near mechanos this is this game's last world the world where you need coins for the brother bear in that world to blow up the entrances to rock the levels paths, i guess yeah, yeah rock paths it's like the rock uh, walls and we start with stampede sprint and ellie level probably the best ellie level which is just running and jumping it's it feels very sonic-esque yeah uh the music for this level is called hot pursuit Oh yeah, it's it's the same. I think That's in the funny. Game Boy Advance version, it plays a 
it might different song. play the it, it definitely plays a different song it might play one that sounds kind of like i think it's a song that only shows up in one level of the game boy version and that's this one okay but it starts out with one that was playing in some of the earlier jungle levels so i mean as far as early levels go this isn't that bad um next up is crisscross cliffs i think it's a pretty good level i also think like thematically the colors in this one are my favorite maybe in the game like i like the greens and stuff this is the one where you're riding up steel barrels basically okay um, I, okay i remember it's this pretty one. good level not gonna lie i, I think What's funny is, like I said, it uses its biggest highs in order to have the really cool levels like this one. Like, the timing of these barrels are on point. So, yeah, another one of those where their strongest design, that choice that they had with this one, this is where it shines through. Exactly. A level I don't like, though, is the next one, Tyrant Twin Tussle. That's where Cuff and Clout, I think. Um, they show up in the jungle one, but yeah. this is where they kind of show, like, the really ugly side. Yeah, they are enemies that cannot be defeated, and yeah, they have a set pattern, and sometimes you have to jump in between them, sometimes you have to let them jump over you, combine it with the cave theme. Yeah. I don't I don't like this one at all. I think this is the weakest point. Yeah, it's like borderline unfair the way that they just zap out of nowhere, but I guess that's par for the course yeah. in, in Lost Worlds. We, we saw the things that happened in um donkey kong country 2 in these lost worlds and this is kind of an extension of that feels cheap yeah i agree with that um swoopy salvo is this the is the one. one yeah i another one that i really like the colors of i like i actually like this one you said this one was pretty difficult i guess it gave you a hard time but i it was difficult i want to say it was easy but i i enjoyed it i didn't have that much of a struggle i guess i would say and that's a pattern with these games like one level could be a struggle for me but it won't be a struggle for you i noticed that versa. more with this one than any of the other ones too yeah um well i mean was it lightning lookout i had a terrible time on that one but you can do that one pretty easy well i i still had a pretty bad time when we did the first playthrough <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a weird level but but this one is squawks and the swoopies which finally show up because you saw them in the credits yeah. um and basically going in between those sometimes using them as platforms sometimes using them to jump to another ledge it's uh my, my personal favorite part of this level is that the green tree theme is another like beautiful like level theme like the art team in this i can't stress it enough they're amazing yeah <laughs> after that one final cliff challenge with the rocket rush you are going down you need to fuel up once you get to the bottom you need to go up without hitting but one or two things, otherwise you're pretty much done for. It's pretty much another gimmick level. The gimmick is that the rocket can't land on the bottom, on the floors of any of the paths of going downwards. You can't land on the floor or else it will break. You can use the fuel to like uh, burn down the bee enemies uh, out of the way because they're just a bunch of like robots. So you can kind of like make a malfunction and then they kind of get out of the way and then once you get to the bottom you hit the checkpoint you hit the bottom now it's reverse uh, me uh level design where instead of going downwards slowly you're going to go upwards really fast because now you have a bunch of rocket fuel and a boost and you just have to make sure you don't crash on the roof of anything not that your rocket will be destroyed but it'll just slow you down you'll lose uh fuel and you won't make it to the top where you need to be it's also devious, so if you're playing this on yeah. Switch Online, I don't think there's any shame in making a save state at the checkpoint. <laughs> I mean, it's a checkpoint anyway, but what if you're running low on lives? <laughs> yeah, it, it's... I, I, I got through it. I know some people say it's a very difficult uh, level. There's, I think there's more difficult levels than this. I think um, they made it harder in the uh, Game Boy Advance version. See, that's what I, I don't understand. The American versions, for some reason, if either the Game Boy or the American version is just more difficult, which is weird. Because I feel like they always try to make them easier. <coughs> Devil May Cry 3. <laughs> Originally harder in the American version, apparently. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Nautilus, our final level. We are in the submarine. K rules there. There's things popping off from the back, fireballs, there's lightning, there's throwing barrels, there's using barrels to absorb lightning so that the lightning does not shock you. What, and regardless of what you say, if Kitty Kong has at least one moment, it's this boss fight where finally, he has his moment. Finally, he has his moment. 
I mean, there's. I'm telling you, he has his moments. But if there's one thing you can't argue is that Kitty Kong is a much better Kong to have in this entire boss fight than Dixie. He is very even good though Dixie for this is a better fight. character, he's really good for this boss fight. Especially if we're playing as Green Kitty, which is, as far as I'm concerned, the only canon way to play this game. Oh yeah. Unlike the Crocodile Core at the be- at the end of last game, this does not end in one hit and actually goes on for a while. But I actually thought it was still. It looked pretty like fairly manageable and pretty good once you figure out what to do i think it is very manageable yeah and then we are done like because uh with this game the, the way to get the secret easter egg you have to get all banana birds which i don't think we did no we, we did enough time you have to do those like cave simon says type puzzles yeah. which I've, I've seen the ending it's just the mama bird Banana Bird just goes around chasing uh, K. Rulenstein around the map and then kicks him out, basically. Yeah, I've seen that as well. Um, but yeah, overall, this game is divisive. It's very good, though. At least I think. Personally, for me, it's my second favorite. And it's so close to two. For me. I think you're giving it too much praising. I think for me, a lot of the why is this here and wow this is not good this is very rng or it's too much for me maybe because i just haven't played it enough i'll play it more maybe i get better at it and then i could see like okay it's not that bad but for my final rating for me it's three one then two i don't think three is even i think one and two are such a big gap that three can't even get to those levels but Three does have its highest highs, but it does for me. It just those lowest lows kind of bring it down a lot, and the highest highs don't keep it up that much. For me, one is the the gap between one and three is wider than between three and two because I've I, I don't know I, I played this one more than any of the other two on the Game Boy Advance, and it just seemed like so new at the time and the music was really good on the Game Boy Advance version. So like I have like. I'm very partial to that one, and there are some levels on there that aren't on here that I thought were pretty good. So, you know, it's I I have been playing this one about as long as the other two, and for some reason, when I want to just come back to one, this is the one I come back to. It's got to be a combination of the music, the art style, the themes, and all that. It's just I don't know. I, I like this one. I don't think it's as great as two at the end, though. I think. I'll give you this. If you hate on this game just for Kitty Kong alone, you're hating on it for the wrong reason. There's right things to hate on it for, but just because Kitty Kong is a uh, one of the sidekicks and then one of the uh, protagonists is not a, a reason to hate on this game. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you haven't tried it be just because you're like, oh, I don't like the look or or Kitty Kong, trust me, you're you're not disliking it for the right reasons. There's reasons to dislike this game. Like most games, there's always going to be a valid reason, but I'm thinking the valid reason of it just looks doesn't look appealing or it looks funny or kitty kong's a, a, a protagonist and i don't want to play as kitty kong it's like those aren't really valid opinions i say enough to not want to play it it's it's one of those where you do really have to play because i'm telling you a lot of people who don't think it's going to be a good game when they play it, they find out like oh wait this actually does have some really good moments yeah and and this game definitely has at least personally a lot of really good moments and look if you hate kitty kong then just don't get hit with dixie kong you'll never lose her yeah. <laughs> or play with the green one maybe they just don't like the color true true if you enter the the colors cheat on the menu you you can play as purple dixie and and green kitty which is by far the only canon way to play this i mean oh yeah just think about it purple and green <laughs> anyhow that's about a wrap on the donkey kong country trilogy yeah it it took us four weeks which was unintended but we got really into talking about too so yeah it, it's like it's weird to say but next week we'll be having a regular episode we've our, our new year's donkey kong country trilogy coverage is at its end here we we got a regular one next week with what we've been playing which is for you know some stuff i mean like i said final rating for you it's it's one three two and then for me it's three one two i think we can agree that two is the highest of all of them and of course one and three are just as good they're different opinions but they're just as good and you should always play the entire trilogy if you have the weekend or a night to play the entire series in one go i highly recommend it it's also a game where you can actually manage doing that because they're not long yeah they're not i think two it took us like two hours to beat 
it didn't take us very long. But they're pretty good. And I uh, guess that about wraps it up. I should wrap it up, I think, for Donkey Kong. Unless we talk about Returns and Tropical Freeze. Maybe in the foreseeable future we will. But other than that, on the original like uh, country trilogy, that's pretty much it. Yep. So, guys, as always, we want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can check us out on our Podbean site. But we're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We are on Twitter, and you can follow us at Markers on the Map. And like I said, we'll be back next week for a regular episode. I guess there's not much else left to say besides Sega please re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music and that the real Super Monkey Ball was the Sega logo we rolled across along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.